Hey, 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 hey. It's Thursday. Welcome to Brown Bag Bets, your daily stop for gambling stuff. I don't know what Snoop says there. I didn't even prep for that today. God damn it, I forgot. Noops is off. Matt is in. We are looking at a, uh, a bad weather game in a bad game tonight. Thursday night football. Noops was cool enough to uh, drop some first touchdown scores. I think somebody put him in the sheet. I'm assuming it was him. And uh, are we so seeing rain? Is, is it rain tonight? Is that what little we're expecting? Rain, little, little rain, rain, wind. Wind. We'll check it out. And uh, yeah, but we'll, have, we'll bet on a bunch of stuff. I got some golf going. I haven't even, I've been a little busy this morning. I haven't even like watched the golf, uh, which is sad because we're finally in a spot where you can watch golf. Anyone who watches or follows golf knows like it's very hard to actually see golf most of the year broadcasting yes. is and we have featured groups today so if you have espn plus you can actually pull up some golf which i've yet to do right now david lipsky who is an andy guy who four under through ten he is your solo leader i had four right. outrights if you watch the golf show on tuesday i'm down to three um one i mean it, it's not like i lost money on him uh, emiliano grillo did withdraw before the tournament started so i should get my money back so i'm on andrew putnam matthew neesmith and alexander norin the swede who is sitting in a, t- a million way tie for second oh it's only a four-way tie for second so alexander norin i'm putting my faith in you let's go and i always like to check who's doing the worst and it is austin smotherman somebody i've backed a few times somebody who led a first and second round a couple weeks ago and he is 11 over through 13 he apparently is putting with a shovel i guess i don't know i'm gonna have to check into that i'll have some i might have some daily golf tomorrow i'm gonna have a little bit of time i've been busier with college basketball and all this nfl but i think i'm gonna get into it we're gonna start with college football though because matt's here and i don't really pay attention i bet injury news i bet things people tell me to bet i've never originated uh uh, college football play on my own, I don't think. Not all year, at least. I've only bet things that people tell me to bet. So last week, I bet Kansas. And I checked at the end of the day, and they had won by go. a bunch. So Kansas had a pick em, was a uh, winner, 1-0. 1-0 on bets that I actually put some coin on last weekend. And this week, uh, I don't have anything yet. So it's laid on me, Matt. We missed. I hope you caught the boat on my action picks. I went. Uh, I'm 13-7 through two weeks, going strictly underdogs and overs, with the exception of I took Ohio minus one and a half on the road at Miami, Ohio on Tuesday night. That's the only pick that's straight from the system. And 13 and seven, so we're off to a nice start there. Uh, we'll, we'll take that through two weeks. Uh, but action is over for the week, so I'm going to take a look at some early lines here. And I know Dan, Dan and I will get into uh, a few more of these later on the, on the college football show this afternoon. But a couple that stuck out that I like over 66 and a half in West Virginia at Oklahoma. Double check the weather on this one. I, I didn't go that far into it to check as the, the weather on Saturday, but as long as there's not some crazy windstorm or rainstorm, I think we should be okay here. Um, Oklahoma, since uh, the loss to Texas, has been scoring at a very high rate. They've got, I think, the uh, lowest point total they put up is 27. West Virginia is allowing 34 points a game and scoring 30 plus. Oklahoma's putting up a uh, close to 30 plus. I think in the last three, they're averaging closer to 35. Uh, so I expect this one to be a, a big 12 offensive showdown where you just kind of see teams trading scores. Uh, ever since Dylan Gabriel's gotten back healthy for Oklahoma, that offense looks like it's found something. Uh, LSU minus three at Arkansas. This is, a, uh, this is a line that people were scratching their heads about. I think uh, Vegas sees it as a letdown spot coming off a big win against Alabama. 
I get that it's probably a letdown spot. I think with the way LSU is playing, those three points is still too little. Uh, Arkansas season has really fallen off the rails. Uh, they're not nearly the, the – they got a little bit uh, of injury issues, and then the loss to Alabama really since that point has kind of derailed their season where LSU is playing its best football at the best time of the year to be doing that towards the end. Uh, Brian Kelly is a very, very good November coach. I think under him, Notre Dame won 16 consecutive November football games. Uh, so, so he really knows how to get his team playing best towards the end of the year. And as Dan said, it's the beginning of deer hunting season in Arkansas on Saturday. So a lot of Arkansas fans might not be in attendance or, uh, or be hunting deer instead of going to watch their, their Razorbacks take on LSU. So give me LSU minus two. I think they take care of business in that one. Might be a little bit of a sleepy start for them, but really – you know, if you're, if you're playing the minus three, you're kind of just expecting them to win the game. And I think they'll do that. Uh, and then the Notre Dame team total over 26 and a half against Navy. Uh, Notre Dame's been running the ball really, really well lately. They scored 38 plus in each of their, uh, 35 plus, excuse me, in each of their last three games. Um, they've really been able to run the football against just about anybody. They did it against Clemson really, really well last week, who's one of the best run-stopping defense, has one of the best defensive lines in the country. They did it against Syracuse even better the week before, who doesn't stop the run all that well. Uh, Navy's going to play the run okay, but I think the way Notre Dame's been running the football lately, their offensive line, their size advantage is going to be uh, good for them to score some points. I agree with everything you just said. Oh, no, it's too much. I thought you were, I was expecting, I was expecting a Notre Dame joke at some point. Ah, you know, I'm leaving them alone. They've had a weird season. Hey, let's lose to Marshall and beat Clemson. Okay. It's Uh, very, very strange, but as long as they're playing football well at the end of the year and, you know, moving towards positive trending toward the end of the year and the next year, that's, that's a good thing. You just got to turn your camera on and off again, Matt. Yeah. Maybe I will. Click it off, click it on again. You'll be fine. All right, Falcons, Panthers. The weather looks a lot like Matt's face right now. Kind of nasty. And if you're just listening to this in podcast form, I'm not making fun of his looks. His That's camera better. is all screwy. Uh, Atlanta, two and a half point favorite. Good three, tip there with the with the camera. That worked. Three. I used to have this happen to me. I don't know what was going on before. I switched. It only happens to me. I'm not really sure what it's, I'm, whether it's when you're uh, on this shitty Wi-Fi. In my apartment. Well, I just it's. You know, no matter where I'm at, though, I've been. It happens in two different locations. Whether I have my camera on, whether I'm using my FaceTime camera, it seems to happen to me. Only on OBS. I'm not really sure why. OBS is a is a weird donkey sometimes. But uh, yeah, speaking of two donkey teams, like I said, this is three some places, two and a half some others. Uh, if you listen to the deep dive last night, Drew and I passed on grass on this one. We said no thanks for for the most part. It was like, hey, there's a there's some underdog value. Maybe it's a it's a divisional underdog. Maybe I could bet that at home. It's like, yeah, but it's Carolina. And, you know, Atlanta, it's a short favorite. I, I guess at two and a half, maybe a little bit of value. But at the same time, I'm not in the business of trying to bet on bad favorites on the road. So that's a little tricky. I know this total is starting to get uh, tickling down. So people betting into the weather. I, I understand that move. I get it. I probably won't be involved. I'm going to play some first touchdown scorers. I'm going to play at halftime, stay off this. I might look at some props. Um, kind of pick your pick your receiver is uh, one of the chats I'm in talking this morning about like, which Carolina receiver should we bet the points or, or the receiving yards over on? Because it is a bad secondary, and there should be there should be even with a quarterback like P.J. Walker a chance to get. Is it P.J. Walker tonight? Yeah, it, it is going to be. It's going to be P.J. Walker. So Thursday night Fine. football, P.J. Walker. That is something. Um, yeah, 81% chance of rain, as Dan put on the screen here, and 25-mile-an-hour gusts. So if you like the under, I'd maybe grab it now. 
I'm not sure whether like that is going to, you know, entice over money into this market, even with this it, sketchy secondary from Atlanta. Atlanta might run the ball like 50 times. I'm not like that. I'm not, they might just continue like run the ball the entire game. I'm not, not to the extent of the, the Belichick at the, at the bills last year, but like if the wind's gusting this much, I'm not saying it's a bad thing either because they can no, run they, the ball pretty they well. well effectively with- like they run the ball really well. If they get it, I wouldn't be surprised if Arthur Smith is just, yeah, we're, we're running the football tonight. We'll throw eight, nine times if we have to, but just we're going to run. There's 25 mile an hour winds. It's raining. We're going to run full down to the football. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's probably the game plan. Not only are they effective on the run, they're effective on the run with numerous running backs. It's not just your starters. Yeah. You have essentially like three running backs you can trot out there. You're not going to like break one. Caleb Huntley. I is, love uh, watching K- Cordell Patterson. Yeah, he's fun. It's fun that he finally figured it's awesome out. It's awesome how he's just gone from like kick returner to failed receiver to let's try running back and see if that worked. And it works. He was a high pick for Minnesota too. That was in that that stretch where Minnesota either, you know, there's like a what ten year stretch, fifteen where Minnesota either drafted a Hall of Fame receiver or an absolute bust. It's like, hey, drafted Randy Moss. Yeah, he drafted Troy Williamson though. Hey, we drafted Percy Harvin. Yeah, you drafted Cordero Patterson. Cordero. I always say Corderell. I don't know why. I can't get that so out of my head. It's 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 like Saquon, Saquon. Um, first time he was, he was a bear for for three years. I still mispronounce his name, even though I heard it every weekend. Yeah. Uh, first touchdown scores, and I'll, I'm going to jump right down to this. As we mentioned, Terrace Marshall is a receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Now that they've traded away Robbie off to Arizona, he steps up. He's probably a sneaky start for like DFS. I don't hate him. If, if you're going to play some standard, make captain spot, Terrace Marshall, captain spot, PJ Walker. So um, I know I'm, I'm giving Dan a hard time because it's <laughs> Terrence, but I like to say Terrace because um, that, well, it is Terrace. No, the, this kid, yeah, it's the Marshall, or Marshall. It's the LSU kid, right? Which Jesus Christ is every know. is every young receiver from like the last three years? There's a just, lot of them from LSU. Well, they're all from like Bama or LSU or Ohio State. That's how you good in college, kids. It doesn't even matter if you have that good of a quarterback. Just get like five five star wide receivers. You can lose Jamison Williams and still be pretty decent off. But yeah, Marcus Mariota and PJ Walker, both of them are quarterbacks who are going to run. I like the Walker number quite a bit. And then uh, the Drake Drake London number a little low, but they did target him a little more. And these aren't my plays. I'm I'm making I'm making uh, arguments for plays that aren't even mine. This is like when I have to make Noops' tennis picks. Yeah, but I mean I get it with the with the the London stuff. He's starting to see some more targets. Um, Marshall, I'm guessing, is going to get some red zone targets as well, just because somebody has to. And then both defenses. Yeah, please. In a game that might be gusty, that might be sloppy and wet, give me a touchdown return. So both defenses at 25 and 30 to 1. And I will read these off too if anyone is just not watching and they're listening instead. Marcus Mariota, 14 to 1. Drake London, 14 to 1. Terrace Marshall Jr., 16 to 1. The Falcons defense slash special teams, 25. Panthers defense special teams, 30. And PJ Phillip Walker at. 40 to one first touchdown scores. That's that's going into the game. That'll be the bets I have maybe a prop. If I have any props, I'll I'll tweet it out, but I'm, I'm not great with props. I, I ride coattails on props guys. I bet what other people tell me to. So if it's the defense and special teams, and I should probably know the answer to this, but I've never had it happen for me. Like, 
Dante Pettis returns punt for the Bears. If Dante Pettis returns a punt for a touchdown, is it the defensive special teams that, that that cashes, or Dante Pettis cash first touchdown score? Yeah, that would be both? that would yeah punt punt returns, kick returns, fumble recovery. Okay, so you don't get Dante yeah. Pettis credit. It's just no. deep. okay. Got a punt, a punt is technically a special teams uh, a play, so they they do give okay. it to they give it to the special teams on that. Although there was a little bit of controversy with um, one of the books was kind of shitty about that uh, about a month ago, where they they listed the defense and everyone is just so used to defense special teams being lumped together, they thought that was what happened. It was like a kick return mm-hmm. touchdown, and one of the books didn't want to honor that. I think they ended up honoring it because. It's horseshit, honestly, but I mean, it's special I teams. It's the, the, it's one of the few special teams played in a game. Yeah, so don't don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know which book it was, so I can't like warn you off that. But check your rules. That's just good good advice, always. Check the rules, read the writing, make sure you know what you're doing. And oh, I love this segue. Let's skate on over to the NHL. There you go. Let's skate on over to the NHL. Andy, I have a question for you. A statistical question regarding hockey. Um, I think even you could probably answer this is allowing four and a half goals per game. Good. You think that's good. I mean, in lacrosse. Yes. Well, in hockey, it's not good. And that's exactly what the Columbus blue jackets are doing. They're actually allowing closer to 4.6 goals per game. And we're going to hop on the Philadelphia Flyers money because the noops is flyers. The one day he's not here. I'm picking flyers. Uh, Just picture him wearing that flyers beanie right now. Uh, Flyers are off to a very fun start to the season, a surprising start. They're supposed to be one of the league's bottom teams. I think they're seven, three, and one, something along the lines of that. They've been a very good team. They played really well defensively. They're scoring just enough to win. They go on the road to a Columbus team that's been a wild disappointment so far after making a big splash signing Johnny Goudreau. They, just, they haven't played defense. Their goaltending has been abysmal. So if you're going to give me plus money on the uh, plus money on the money line for a Flyers team who's playing really well against the Blue Jackets team that uh, really just cannot keep the puck out of their own net. I'm going to take the Flyers there on the money line. Neither team playing a back-to-back, so no, no real risk of uh, some tired legs there. Then we're going to go with the Devils team total over three and a half, talking about surprises in the NHL so far. The, the Devils probably the biggest one. They're off to a 10-3-1 start. They were 10-3-0 start, excuse me. They won five in a row. Uh, I believe they scored four-plus in four of their last five games, and they've just been a really efficient hockey team. Senators, similar to the Blue Jackets, they're not – quite to that extent, have not been able to keep the puck out of their own net. They've been a very big disappointment after having a splashy offseason. Their goaltending has been really, really bad. So we're going to take the Devils at home against a, a very struggling Senators team to uh, to light the lamp quite a few times. I'm I'm all about the Phillies. I like I like betting against a team more than I – Yeah, the, the Flyers, whatever. We'll call them the, the Ice Phillies. Flyers is a dumb name. Honestly, Phillies is a dumb name. What the hell is a Flyers? Why is Flyers? Like a... Flyers not a terrible name. I don't know. I, I just have. A, it's not a great name. It's not a terrible name. I don't like Dayton. And that's my segue that's... to college basketball because I did bet against Dayton quite. <laughs> You're a bit crushing it with the segways today. Yeah, I did bet against Dayton quite a bit two years ago for some reason. Sometimes I have bet on teams. Sometimes I have bet against teams. That's what I was kind of getting with with the Phillies, like Flyers. I like betting against a team more than I like betting on a team sometimes, and. Both mm-hmm. of these are probably just bet on spots. A couple of underdogs. Weird. That's what I do, guys. I bet underdogs for the most part. That's where I'm finding value. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Early season stuff is hit and miss. I had a plus five and a half. I didn't get it till it. By the time I bet it, it was five last night. 
And then it got bet down to three and a half. There was some buyback. And you know what? My underdog was down by two with the ball with like a minute left, which is a, a recipe to lose by six, I guess, apparently. I didn't watch the game. Uh, but yeah, loser last night. That one hurts. I'm a, you know, I'm a sicko. So I actually went back and looked at the play by play. I'm like, oh no, they were well within the number with the ball. So uh, that stinks. I guess make your fall shots, kids. I'm going to have to adjust some things on that team if they're going to shoot free throws like that. But tonight, a couple of underdogs again, your Southern Illinois Salukis. Great mascot, first of all. And this is uh, Brian Mullins. Is this their coach? Missouri Valley Conference team. I'm probably going to back. It's tough to take anything that some of these teams have done this year yet. Like I talked about San Diego last night, they'd played a team in like Sonoma state. It's, it's, you can't take much from that because it's not a team that really no. matters. It's, it's not a team that is division one. Um, this team did play a D one team, but they played a really, really low end Ohio Valley team in little rock beat the absolute tar out of them. I like the, I like the offensive efficiency numbers. I think they're going to be able to play well here. I think this is a closer game than people think. And Oklahoma State, while they were a good team, they did lose some pieces from a absolute lockdown defense last year. I don't know that this defense is going to be quite – it's going to be good. It's going to be a great defense. It's going to be a good Big 12 defense. I don't think it's like a top five defense like we saw last year. I have them downgraded a little off uh, off the priors. So I make this closer to six. So Southern Illinois plus eight and a half is a move. And yeah, that's the thing too. It's, it's so hard this point of the year. Last night was a great example. Both of those teams crushed it in the portal between Florida Gulf Coast and San Diego. They both crushed it on getting transfers in. And it makes it hard to to figure out what these teams are going to be. But they did lose some, some key defenders last year for the Cowboys of Stillwater, which was an okay movie if you like Matt Damon. I didn't care for it. And then the other one is Vermont. Same situation as we saw yesterday with Florida Gulf Coast. A small town, you know, just like uh like the Bob Seeger song, Hollywood Nights, you know, just small town Great kid. Song. Small town kid heads out to the West Coast, tries to make it. Uh, Vermont is on a two-game stretch where they will take they'll take on USC as well, but they're gonna start tonight as plus eight underdogs to West Coast Conference bridesmaid St. Mary's constantly in the tournament, never for winning their conference, because unfortunately they're in a mid-major conference that has a major team in it. Still a very good team. I do have them downgraded a little from where they were last year. I'm not saying like St. Mary's is a bad team again, but if you can get me on the other side of, there's not really key numbers in you know, in, in basketball, but like once you get past that couple of possessions, six, seven, eight, get me on the other side of seven and eight. Like uh, I make these games a lot closer than that. St. Mary's is probably a tournament team. They're, they're going to be good, but I have Vermont as a slow, I love a slow plotting team. Like that's kind of their style. Go look at this total. It's like 130, 135, somewhere in there, a slow, plotting team with good defensive metrics that's the kind of team that travels and i'm i'm very keen on this number as well this is another one i make like five or six so getting an eight here feels good and yeah this is (laughs) patrick points out st mary's does get random australians they do a good job of recruiting they do i think 
uh, we'll see how they end up this year. There's some metrics that have them out of the tournament. They would have them, you know, clearly five, 10 spots out of the bubble realm. I think they can probably do better than that. But right now I'm taking the Catamounts plus eight as a long distance road dog here. I was going to say, that's a long flight. For yeah. uh, yeah, I said they're staying out there for a couple of games, but that flight home from Southern California, if they're going to play USC back in Vermont, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leery of this sometimes, but we just saw like in Florida Gulf Coast could have won last night. That was a close game at the end. It was tough luck for me, but they went out and beat USC and then almost beat San Diego. So I don't know. Teams are just better at adjusting to to travel. It seems like nowadays. Oh yeah. Back in the day, a program like well, a program like this never would have gone to California back in the day. They would have no to damn train. They would have. They couldn't afford a flight. So. Uh, regardless, uh, if you want those plays earlier, follow me on the Betsperts app. It's just Andy, A-N-D-Y. I put all my plays in there. I will always put all my picks in there. If I add anything, I'll add them there. I don't foresee myself adding anything. It's not a big slate. There's not a whole lot going on, and there's still a bunch of these games where teams are playing Division Two, Division Three games, so there's no lines for parts of the slate every single night. You're going to have that for a while while we're in the non-conference, but excited. The college hoops are back looking for a two and O night. Appreciate Matt coming on, giving us some football and hockey. Thanks to you in the chat for hitting the thumbs up. So it was the presumptive sale. Now you're like, Oh shit. I didn't hit the thumbs up. I feel bad. So do it. Subscribe rate review, and we'll catch you on the flip side tomorrow.